very many sicknesses people have are demonic sicknesses. They have an association with demonic powers. And if you cast out the demon, then the sickness ceases. Because the sickness is not real. It's just a manifestation of a demon. And so, I will just give you three ways to collapse demons. I don't know how big demons have been in your life. You need to listen to the word of God. Listen to messages until it gets down to your subconsciousness. So one of the ways to collapse demons is good scriptures. When you read the scripture, it's in your brain. When you study the scripture, it starts moving from your brain to your mind. When you start meditating upon the scripture, it starts staying on your mind. You cannot take to the spiritual realm what you have in your brain because when you sleep, your brain sleeps. What you can take to the other realm is what you have in your spirit. What you have gotten in your mind is what you can take to the other side. Second ways to deal with demons, according to Jesus, is casting them out. Jesus taught us how to deal with demons by casting it out. Do you know what it means to cast out? It means raise your voice, talk to the person like he's a child, and send him packing and show him a way out. Binding demons is different from casting demons out. Binding demons is that you know that this demon is not going to run away. It's going to be around. But you don't want this demon to be able to do what he does to others. So if you grow up in a family where demons don't let people get married, for you to be able to get married, you need to learn how to bind the demon. If you grow up in a place where people don't make it in life, what you need to do is that you have to spend time and bind the demon. In binding the demon, we spend more time praying. Three ways to collapse demons. Know so much of the scripture. Cast it out and be engaged in the binding process. Bind the devil. Let's be upstanding as we read Matthew 9 from verse 32 to 33. All right. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man. A dumb man possessed with devils. And when the devil was cast out, when the devil was cast out, the dumb spark. And the multitude marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. They brought to Jesus a man who was dumb and who has a devil. And what Jesus did was not to give him injection, but he just casted out the devil and the man spoke. So now he casted out demon and the dumb spoke. So that is to say that the demon was what blocked the truth of the child to speak. I'll be preaching on collapsing demons. Be seated. You know, there are very many times that we try to do in the hospital what is spiritual. You see, in many occasions, we try to do in the hospital what we need to handle spiritually. That is to say, I have very many people around me, so sometimes you see somebody fall down and start behaving abnormal, sometimes unconscious. Sometimes we'll be in a program like this, somebody falls down and is so unconscious. Has something happened before and you have 30 thoughts on your head? One, take to the hospital. Another one, take to the hospital. Another one, still take to the hospital. Another one, is give injection. Another one, bring this. When I have very many opinions on my head like that, one of the things I ask myself is, is it a spiritual thing or medical? 
Because if I try to rush somebody to the hospital when it is a spiritual thing, then I will make the person die. Because injections don't cast out demons. Somebody shared a story of when he was in the secondary school that a little child in the secondary school fell down. Fell down and collapsed. And all the people laid hands on the child in the school and started praying for the person. When they prayed for the person, demons started manifesting. And the demon said, allow me to kill him. Allow me to kill him. I have been the one killing everyone in his family. So you now see if the person was rushed to the hospital, then we would have met the person to die. By allowing injection to be given to somebody who has no problem. Now, in very many cases also, when you go to the hospital, science is taught to predict. Prediction is one of the rules of science. They're asked to predict that is you have to say something. Doctor, say something. What's wrong with my mother? Say something. And you have to predict. Predictions are assumptions. Assumptions are near truth. Near truth are lies. So when you now ask COVID-19, what are the symptoms? They mention all the symptoms of malaria. And you can't even have something that is a symptom of COVID-19 that is not a symptom of something else. So they just predict. Now, let me go back so that you can get every point of this message. Now, if something happened and it's a spiritual thing and I take it to the medical, then I'm wasting my time. But if something happened and it is medical and I take it to God, then it can solve both medical and spiritual. Then let it be God that chooses that I want to solve it through medical. Because I thought that medicine is one of the ways God uses to heal. Most of you don't even understand that there's drugs in heaven. The Bible said there's a tree in heaven that has 12 different types of fruits. One tree has mango, orange, apple, grape, very many. And the leaves shall be for healing. Leaves are called herbs. Whosoever will be the one cutting this thing will be called a herbalist. In Africa, we try to jujulize everything. Herbs are drugs. Drugs are herbs. The only reason why it becomes a little bit something bad in Africa is that Africa jujulizes everything. Cut leaf, put in water for somebody to drink. They say, when you want to cut it, don't touch a woman. As you are going, don't greet anybody. Cut one with your left hand. The other one, right hand. Another one, left hand. When it is up to seven, squeeze it without looking at it. Turn it in your head seven times. So all that is called jujulization. So now... You discover that the Holy Spirit can both handle what is wrong spiritually and also what is wrong medically. So it's on a safer side when I take things spiritual. It's on a safer side. If we deal with it spiritual and later on we push it to the medical, it's still safer. But most times also I pity people that are being rushed to the hospital when it was not a hospital case. This guy in the text, if this guy that was dumb was taken to the hospital, imagine how many drugs she took. Most times when you take things to the doctors, the doctors treat and treat and treat and say, we have not seen anything. And definitely somebody was having something like a snake moving at the stomach. You will even see the movement and all of that. They did scan upon scan upon scan. The doctor said, we are not seeing anything. But something is actually moving. It means that what is moving is not what can be seen. It's not physical. It is spiritual. So what do we need to do? We need to approach it spiritually. Jesus knew all of this and thought the disciples. And that is why when people are brought to Jesus, the Bible said they brought a sick person. The person was not possessed. He wasn't like somebody that was demonized. He was just a dumb person. They brought somebody that could not speak to Jesus. Jesus laid hands and said, you demon, get out. And the guy spoke. So I now have to discover through that, that very many sicknesses people have are demonic sicknesses. They are from demons. They have an association with demonic powers. And if you cast out the demon, then the sickness ceases. Because the sickness is not real. 
is just a manifestation of a demon. It is something appearing to be when it's not. And so, I will just give you three ways to collapse demons. I don't know how big demons have been in your life. How big they have built their mansion in your life. Because I heard the Bible said that a lady had seven demons inside of her. Seven demons, one human being. If it is seven demons living inside of her, then they must have had a flat that they are living. So I don't care the flats they have built in you, how many demons are living inside of you. And somehow in the Bible also we read that there was a man who had legions of demons inside of him. I've taught you that legions of demons is a group of soldier-like demons from about 3,000 to about 6,000. That's what legion means. And for 6,000 people to live inside one person, it makes me to understand that we are more brother spiritually than how we look physically. That's why the Bible told us that greater is he that is inside of us than the one that is standing right here, that is outside. So when you look down on a man of God, don't forget that the one you see is small. The one inside of him is very, very big. So now, if we could have 6,000 demons, then they are not living inside a flat in somebody's life. Then they must have built a big city inside of somebody To dwell there to make sure that this person in the night, in the morning, in the daytime is always in pain, is always in sorrow, is governed by the devil. They run a thorn on this guy's life to make sure that things don't work out well. But in this service, God is going to demolish every demonic buildings in your life. In the Bible time, I've discovered that sometimes God demolishes some countries until they have no existence again. You can travel to Egypt right now. There was Egypt in the Bible. You can't travel to Sodom and Gomorrah anymore. It was burnt to ashes until the boundaries were burnt. You don't even understand where it was. There's no country like Sodom or Gomorrah. You can travel there for anything again. You can't go there. You can travel to Israel. There was Israel in the Bible. So God can demolish everything that the devil has built to magnify himself for too long in your life. It doesn't matter how they've been, where they've been, how long they have been. God can collapse every authority of the devil in your life. All that you just need to do is just to understand that God can collapse this cough that I've been having for years. God can collapse this asthma that is putting me in trouble. God can collapse everything that is making my life unbearable. God can collapse this stomach pain that comes every August. God can collapse this chest pain. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you just need to believe that God can collapse everything that the devil has been using to put my life in confusion. Every Every blockage in my family, God can collapse it. It doesn't matter how long they've built it. God can collapse everything that is seeking my mother. God can collapse everything that causes darkness in my family. God can collapse. You just need to tell your consciousness for your consciousness to tell your subconsciousness that there is nothing built by the devil in my life. It doesn't matter how long it has been that God cannot collapse this addiction of pornography. God can collapse it until it's no more. You need to tell yourself for yourself to tell your spirit that no matter how long they've been, God can collapse it. I trust him to collapse it. The word of God is like a hammer. It has the power to collapse it. So you need to believe God is getting ready to collapse everything rising up in my life to cause confusion. Everything rising up in my life to make me not to feel good. Everything that possesses me, God can collapse it and it's not collapsing it next Sunday but it's collapsing it in this service. Somebody shout Jesus! I feel the presence of God collapsing demons. Number one is quoting the scripture. Number one way to collapse demons is quoting the scripture. 
is just to quote the scripture because sometimes the enemy wants to know if you know what you know. Many times the devil wants to know if you know what you know. Because sometimes we say things and we don't know them much. We just say things and we don't know them much. That is why in further matters, even when you've had the answer, you are asked to prove. In case you copied from somebody. So you have to prove if you know what you say you know. So when demons started talking to Jesus at the wilderness, when Jesus finished his fasting, demons started talking to him. Telling him he has to turn some blocks to bread so that he can eat. He wouldn't have been bad, but it was bad because it was Satan that was talking. So if he does it, he's now obedient to Satan. And if he's obedient to Satan, then he's a servant of Satan. And so that's where the temptation comes. So sometimes you need to tell the devil, well, it's a good idea, but I can't do it because you're the one who said it. It's a nice idea, but I'm not doing it because it's coming from you. So now, Jesus, to be able to collapse all the devil's authority, because sometimes the devil's authority and the things he's doing in your life is just the things he say. He speaks into your life until it makes you so wretched, so helpless. Has the devil told you that you're good for nothing before? The devil can tell you that you're good for nothing until you get so depressed that even when somebody says you are beautiful, you doubt because of what the devil told you. So what the devil said to Jesus was as big as a building. But all that Jesus did to collapse that devil was just to quote scriptures. All that he did was quoting scriptures back to the devil. Teaching the devil the word of God. And the devil knows the word of God and believes the word of God more than we do. Because he knows the capacity of God more than you do. So he quotes. And when he tells him the capacity of God, he reduces his tension. What have the devil been telling you? When the devil talks to you, you don't need your words to fight the devil. You just need to use God's word to fight the devil. So whenever he talks to you, you tell him God's word. He said, it is written. When Jesus said, it is written, it messes up the devil. He tried to come back again. He said, it is written. It is written. So how much of the word of God have you known so that you can use it back on the devil? When people try to assess what you have, let them not just assess the physical things you have. Because most of the things that we need, which are bigger than some of the physical things that we crave for, is the word of God. I mean that you need to have so much of the word of God in your life that you can give back to Satan if he comes. You can give back to Satan. I like churches that when they are praying, they say, everybody pick up your Bible. We are about to pray. We are about to cut down every stronghold. And everybody's like this, especially when it enters into the hands of unknown people. Put your hands like this. So we cut down. So they feel that how much they do like this is how much they cut down. Charlie, this is word of God, hard copy. Hard copy doesn't cut anything down. That's why you can put it under your head and they are still pressing you at night. So what God wants us to do is that you need to open the hard copy and burn it. There's something we call burning in the computer. You put the CD and burn it until it starts from 0% and start loading 0%, 10% to 20% until you burn from the hard disk to the soft copy. Now you need to have what is in the book in you. Because you can't transfer to somebody's phone from book to phone. How you can transfer is that you can only transfer from phone to phone. So God wants you to get the word of God into your spirit. Since the wall is not just a physical wall. Since the wall is physical and spiritual. So that you can take the word of God as you are moving. That is why Jesus taught the disciples how to read the scripture. And not just how to read the scripture. But how to study the scripture. And not just how to read and study the scripture, but how to meditate upon the scripture. There are three different things. You can read the scripture. When you read the scripture, it's in your brain. When you study the scripture, it starts moving from your brain to your mind. When you start meditating upon the scripture, it starts staying on your mind. 
You cannot take to the spiritual realm what you have in your brain because when you sleep, your brain sleeps. How I wish I was talking to somebody. What you can take to the other realm is what you have in your spirits. What you have gotten in your mind is what you can take to the other side. That's why most of you, when the demon is matching you, pressing you, and you can't even shout anything. You don't even remember any scripture. It is when the devil now leaves you and you wake up and you don't say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. All the scripture you're quoting now is in your brain. How I wish you can move it from your brain, which is your consciousness, and move it to your subconsciousness. Because the spiritual realm, our spirit is in the subconsciousness. It's what you can do when you are no longer with yourself. Most of us, we are children of God, but we are children of God on our consciousness. We are not children of God on our unconsciousness. And when Jesus will be rapturing people, he will not rapture your consciousness. You will be transformed to who you are on your subconsciousness. So it's not about all these corporates and walking and uh, packaging like I'm a believer. It's your spirit packaged like your soul, your, your, like your body's package. How much of the word of God have you known in the insight that can fight demons even when your body is snoring on the bed? When will you wake up speaking in tongues? Do you know what it means to wake up and speaking in tongues? It means your spirit was making intercession when your body is resting. And it takes how much of the spirit of the Lord that you have inside that the spirit can make intercession for you. I mean your spirit can be praying and you don't even know. Most times I'm doing something and I'm walking and I just feel somebody praying behind me. And when I check, it's actually me speaking in tongues and praying. And I didn't even know. It wasn't actually like I, I'm praying. Let me pray. It's actually that I start praying from the inside until it bursts out. And this is because of how much of the relationship you have with God from the inside until it flows outside. It shouldn't just be a package thing. Packets are not more costly than the material inside the packets. What God wants us to know is how much you can have so much of God inside. That's why you need to listen to the word of God. Listen to messages until it gets down to your subconsciousness. So one of the ways to collapse demons is quote scriptures. Giving back scriptures. It is written. Second way to deal with demons according to Jesus is casting them out. Casting demons out. Very many times what Jesus does is that he tells demon, leave this place. Get out. There's something I'm about to do in this place. I won't need you here. Get out. Why he likes casting out demons is because of the name of demon. One of the names of Satan is a destroyer. So since one of the names of Satan is a destroyer, he knows for sure that if Satan is here, he will want to destroy something. So because of that, get out. I'm about to do something here. I don't want you. Get out. I'm about to do something with this body. I don't want you to be around so you don't destroy. Get out. I'm about to talk to this guy. Get out so you don't confuse him. I'm about to use this body. But if you are here, you will disturb him. Get out. So Jesus many times sends the devil packing. And casting out the devil is one of the ways we deliver people from being demonized that is sending out demons just you send the demon out tell the demon get out because possession is the person takes full control he stays he possesses possession means that he takes authority he takes dominion he possesses he takes ownership so casting out the devil is devil don't stay here again get out i've taught you that most times you don't even only need to cast out devils from people you also need to cast out devils from yourself when devil is talking to you there are times devil is talking to you there are times you see yourself lying down and it's Wednesday service you are lying down in your house 5.30 you are still in the house and your body is telling you that I don't think I can go you need to just lay hands on yourself and say demon get out stand up wear your clothes and head to church because the devil is looking for your weak moments so that it can strike you. So one of the things that Jesus did was that he taught us how to deal with demons.
demons by casting it out. You see, sometimes we feel that, imagine somebody is your friend and he's talking to you and you said, you that demon, get out. Your friend may be embarrassed that, ah, this is my friend, feel I have demon. Why is he saying so? That he's casting me out. No, 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 no. Jesus understood when demons are talking. Even when it's coming from close friends like Peter. You understand that this guy has just been overtaken by demons and casted out the devil. I have a friend that sometimes he will sit down like this. He just be sitting down and he will just say, get out. I said, ah, but Joe, what's that? And he said, Satan was talking to me. He said, oh, Joe, is that all? He said, yes. He said, okay. Sometimes Joe will just be writing and say, get out. I said, what's that? I just sent out devil. You need to understand when the devil is talking to you and tell him, come on, get out. Casting out devils. Casting out devils. You need to understand people that are going through something that the devil is involved and sent out the devil. Jesus saw that child. I said, what's wrong with him? He said, he cannot talk. Many years now, for about seven years, he cannot talk. Is that the reason? He said, yes, bring him. Demon, get out. The guy started talking. Learn to cast out devils. Don't be afraid of devil. He knows that you have the authority to cast him out. It's just that you don't know that he knows. So what you need to do is just lay hands, cast out. Ever since I knew this thing, if I see sickness, I say, you demon of malaria, get out. I suspect everything to be demons. I've discovered that malaria is a demon. You demon of malaria, get out. It responds faster than calling him sickness. You sickness. So you can heal the sick through many ways. Let me teach you many ways to heal the sick. You can heal it through stripes. You can use stripes. Say by his stripes, we are healed. You can use stripes and heal. You can heal through casting out. That is calling the thing a demon and casting out. You format it through casting method. Oh God. You convert the thing to demon and cast it out. I wish I was talking to computer people. Sometimes how to deal with something is just convert to a certain this thing and flush. You say, how are we going to eliminate this thing from the phone? It's not going to play on MP3. Just convert it to MP4 and deal with it. Sometimes we see a sickness, you pray. Father, he said, by your stripes we are healed. And it doesn't want to go very fast. You just convert it to demon. Say, you demon of ulcer. You demon of fibroid. Which other demon is there? Demon of cancer. You just convert it to demon and cast it out. If you are very good in casting out demons and you are not good in healing the sick, I mean you have a gift of deliverance and not have a gift of healing, be converting it. Convert it to something that you are used to. There are things that work very fast for you. Deliverance very, very fast. You just lay hands on somebody. I laid hands on one person before. The person and the usher that was holding hand fell down. That day was amazing. All the ushers, they just fall down with their ushers. Usher became a mattress. The person became the person lying on the mattress. So if you discover that that's how it works, convert it to demons. You demon of headache, get out. When you cast out devils, the devil understands that you know whose child you are. Don't approach the devil with sympathy. Don't do like your mother's church that sing a song of sympathy to the devil, making devil to feel that there is something that they are. Cast out devil. Order him out. Do you know what it means to cast out? It means raise your voice, talk to the person like he's a child, and send him packing and show him a way out. Sometimes to make the devil understand how stupid he is, I give him time. I said, in two minutes, leave this body. See, the more you understand who you are as a child of God, the more the enemy reacts very fast. So you need to cast out demons. Sometimes you need to cast out demon of stubbornness from yourself. And say, God, my pastor say I'm stubborn. You demon of stubbornness, get out. Don't just argue it. Because if you are mad, you won't know you are mad. If you are stubborn, you won't know you are stubborn. Learn how to cast out demons. Can you learn how to cast out demons? Then lay hands on yourself. Just cast out something. Just cast out something. Just cast out something. Anything influencing you negatively, get out. Get out. Most of us don't even understand that we are too big. We are like a city. The city is too big. There are many of your dreams that you have not realized yet. Because the city is just too big. The devil tried to come and live in some of the parts of the places that has not been occupied by the Holy Spirit yet. But as you lay hands on yourself, you have to tell yourself, every demon controlling my actions, every demon controlling the way I behave, 
every demon controlling my life, every demon causing me back pain, every demon causing me headache, every demon causing me pains on the breast, pains on my head, pains on my leg. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. You demon of addiction, you demon of pornography, you demon of masturbation. I call on the name of Jesus and I stand upon the existing protocol and I cast you out. I cast you out. Get out. I want to be free. I want to be free. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. Every demon of dizziness when I'm about to read preparing for my exams, get out. Every demon of dullness when I should be a bright student, get out. You don't learn how to cast out demons. You don't learn how to cast out demons. Lastly, open your eyes. Lastly, how to deal with demons. How to collapse demons. The last one for this service. Next service I'm going to deal with another three. Is to bind the devil. Bind. We've talked about casting out. We've talked about binding the devil. Jesus was the one who talked about that in Matthew 29. And he was saying if you get into a house of a strong man. What you need to do is that you need to bind him. So that your oppressions in the house will be effective. Just need to bind him. Put him down. This is one of the things that believers don't understand. When you are about to do something great in your life, you need to spend time and bind demons. Binding demons is different from casting demons out. Binding demons is that you know that this demon is not going to run away. It's going to be around. But you don't want this demon to be able to do what he does to others. That is to say, if I'm coming to this place to start a church, there are demons of this land. They've been in this land for a long time. Maybe the village head likes the demon. Maybe the owners of the land likes the demon. I'm not supposed to come and chase away their property. But I want to come here and excel. But the demons does not allow people to excel there. So what I need to do is that I got to bind the demon so that I can excel when others are not excelling. So I tie the demon down. So if you grow up in a family where demons don't let people get married, for you to be able to get married, you need to learn how to bind the demon. If you grow up in a place where people don't make it in life, what you need to do is that you have to spend time and bind the demon. In binding the demon, we spend more time praying. Sometimes before we end back in projects, we just spend like six months praying for a particular thing. When you find somebody spending one month praying, two months, three months, one year praying before doing something, it's not that God does not answer the prayer when he prayed for five minutes. It's just that he's binding something. Binding something. There are times that you have to excel and pass limits that others have not been able to pass. You have to understand that the people that have not been able to pass those limits, it's not that they have not tried, but that some things are confronting them. In order to confront the things that are confronting people, you need to spend time and bind. And the Bible explains to us that the person that we are binding is a strong man. He said you can't just go to a place, take over the house of a strong man without first binding the strong man. So we bind demons. If you want to be the only person in your family excelling in education, there's a demon to bind. If you want to be the only one in your family who's saving God, there's a demon to bind. If there's something you've been trying to get for a long time and you cannot get, there's a demon to bind. We have to grow to a spiritual authority and understanding to tell the devil, I'm about to embark on the projects. And the last time I tried to embark on such project, you scattered it. And because I know you always want to scatter this one, I want to first bind you. 
Most times we spend time and spend money on something when we've not bound the devil. <laughs> Let me tell you what it means. We used to have uh, goats in our family, in our compound. Most times when my father would mow blocks, mow blocks and keep the blocks, and you don't bind the goats, then you will have blocks, but destroyed. Goats, especially those small, small ones. Have I told you what a small goat told the mother of the small goat? Have I told you? I have not told you. I have to tell you because I tell the people I love. A small goat. Have you seen a small goat before? What is a small goat called in English language? A kid. All right. So, you know, goats fornicate a lot. They don't really have a legitimate father. One goat can sleep with about five men or whatever. Do you know goat's life? Are you living goat's life? All right. So, so the small goat asked the mother goat, where is my father? And the mother goat told the small goat, the father is not around. And because somebody was asking, why do small goats jump like this? Jump, jump, jump. And an old man was saying that, small goats asked the mother goat, where is my father? The big goat said, your father is not around. He said, my father is not around? He said, yes. He said, then I can jump anyhow. So when you see somebody behave anyhow, maybe his father is not around. So now when you have those goats that your fathers are not around and you have molded blocks, they have tendency to scatter because they don't have anybody to caution them. So when you come back, it is not being angry and collect another load and mold another blocks. That's the mistake people do. Collect another load, mold another blocks. And before you know it, it scatters again. And you are now angry. Pastor, I may try business two times. I've tried business two times. The thing has failed. All what I'm looking for now is just 200,000. If I have 200,000 now, I want to invest in kerosene business. They say since gas is up, kerosene is now down. You now do it again. He scatters again. Don't waste your time doing all of that again. Because after you have done it over and over again, try many, many times and so on. I did that for five years looking for admission. Five good years. I did not have admission. One year I just discovered that I'm wasting my time. Let me not put my energy there. There's a small goat I have to buy. When you bind it, anything you do will be effective. When you don't bind it, if you like, invest. When I finally had admission, I used 191 to have admission. 191. Then was when school we used to call it 180. I had 191 and had admission. But I've had 230 something before. No admission. The reason was because there were demons running around that you've not bound. So many times... When I finish taking my aptitude tests and want to have admission, I see myself wear my nursery school uniform. Nursery school uniform. I will be wearing nursery school uniform, and I'll be back to my nursery school with a broken janglova, doing janglova with my meds. When it happens like that, see myself in my old primary school. It has finished. So if you like, get two seventy. There was a time they removed a list. My name was there, and the school canceled the list, removed another list. My name was not there again. With your two, whatever. You did not bind some things you needed to bind. Sometimes you see people putting their energy on something. And you just say, wow, you wish they could just spend more time and bind something. If you use one million naira and invest in a business. When you have not bound the demon that have been scattering the business. Then you will have to look for another money to pay for the, maybe the loan and whatever. But even if you have hundred thousand. And invest in something when you have bound the demons. I have a shekel at a car. There are things to bind. There are things that are moving around like there's nobody. It's just moving around. They are roaming around like there's nobody. It's roaming. The Bible said that the enemy rooms like a wounded. He's just roaming like a wounded lion looking for whom to devour. There are things that are roaming because nobody else is just roaming. You need to get it and bind it so that things can start working out well. How do you plant banana at your backyard when you have monkeys that are jumping? No, you need to bind the monkeys first. You need to be sure that you are dealt with the monkeys before you invest in this other thing. Because there's no security for this one if this one is not bound. Let's be upstanding. Three ways to collapse demons. Know so much of the scripture. Cast it out and be engaged in the binding process. Bind the devil. Lift your hands up. We've come to draw, 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 
draw from you again. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. we've come to draw. I want to give you just two minutes to bind something that has been roaming around. Two minutes to bind something that has been roaming around your life. Something that has not allowed some things to work. Something that makes good prospects and good plans turn out to look like they were bad plans. Something that makes some things that used to work out fine to look like it wasn't planned well. Good ideas turn bad because something is roaming around. Lord, we bind. As a church, we bind. For our church to grow, we bind devils. Just don't go with bad devils. Yada da da bo si yada da da da. She's not married. She's elderly, close to her 50, but she's not married. So we've been bothered. I grew up to join the prayer. So I asked her, what's wrong? What happened? Is it that nobody has actually approached you for marriage? She told me that people actually used to come. There was another of her uncle that was an occultist. And that people used to come for marriage. And... Some will just collect lists and all of that. Later on, they disappear. They don't want to come back again. They don't even want to call. She didn't know what was the matter. And after some time, she discovered while she was praying, she saw herself wearing a wedding gown, standing with the uncle because the uncle took her and was the one sponsoring her. You understand? Was sponsoring her. So she now saw that the uncle that was a cultist was actually getting married to her. So that she couldn't get married because she was already married. And she was even closer to the uncle than she is closer to the father. So anybody who comes, she will just show it to the husband. And the thing won't work again. He said to me, I spent the years I should have been binding the devil, searching for a man. And he said to me, I've seen great and wonderful men. But since the devil was not bound, he keeps scattering. You come from a family and things are not working the way it should work. Maybe they call it list for somebody's marriage. They don't come back. They, they just, some of them, they carry them on credits like that. And you don't know that there's something we need to bind. Now, the emphasis is not on binding something. 
if it was on the binding something, then anybody would have bound their devils. The emphasis is on who has the authority to bind. That's the emphasis now. I don't want you to miss it. Now, the authority is in Christ. So, if you're just coming to church and you have not had Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then where else can you have the authority to bind? That's number one. Having Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior is one. Two, having the knowledge that I have to bind something. See, church, for our church to grow bigger than this, there's something we need to bind. Pastors, for your home fellowship to be great, there's something to bind. When you move to a certain place to start a branch church, for your branch church to grow in that place, there's something to always bind. Something to bind. It's not a rush walk. So, what I'm telling you is not something to just do here. It's something to go back and do. There are prayer points I pray like six months consistently. That is, anytime I'm praying, I give like one hour to that prayer point for good six months because there's somebody, a great man, that's what the Bible calls that I have to bind forces of darkness that has to be bound. So, most times when you are finished binding something, that is when you now find somebody excelling when others are not. You just find yourself. You are excelling. Others around there are not excelling. They do all your strategy. It doesn't work. The reason is because they have not bound something. So what I'm going to do for you this morning is that I will just give you authority to bind something. Close your eyes, everybody. Your authority is in one, knowing Jesus. If you are here, you have not given your life to Jesus. Lift your hand above your head. That's one of the first authority we need. So lift your hand above your head. Let me pray for you. You're here. You've not given your life to Jesus. Thank you for obeying me. I've seen hands lifted up. I pray for you now. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for the hands lifted up. I pray in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus. That this heart that is lifted up is circumcised, is received by you in the name of Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus that these hands lifted up will not go back to their vomits. If your hands are lifted up, say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, be my Lord and be my Savior. Forgive me, Jesus. Make me your child. Accept me in Jesus' name. Second people we are praying for is people that have something to bind. If there's something you want to go back and bind, lift your hands up. I'll give you an authority. Authority just means that somebody has asked me to do it. Somebody has asked me to do it. It's just like for you to be a son of a general. Your father is a soldier and he's a general in the army. And your father as a general tell you to knock another soldier. Say, knock him. Say, knock him. As a teacher asks you to knock a senior student before in the school, teacher asks you to knock a senior student before. Wave your hands if it happened to you. I did it once. They said, knock him. I said, I should. They said, knock him. Went and did press up just to knock. They said, I said, knock. After knocking, I broke my hand. But why I could knock and there was no reaction from the other person was that I had received an authority. Right now, as your hands are lifted up, I'm giving you an authority. Amen. Just lift your hands up. Father, your church is going back to pray about something. Amen. I put it to their hands right now. The authority from heaven to demolish whatever thing that the enemy has been building for too long. So collapse every demonic buildings in their life. God, as they go back to pray, every strong demon, every strong power, every demon that have stood for years and for years and for years and for years, things they've spent money on, things they've done all the gold. 
Kings have used all their wisdom, tried everything, things that have long existed before they were born. Holy Spirit, we receive authority to deal with such demons as we begin to pray in the middle of the night, as we begin to pray every 12 o'clock, as we begin to pray every 2 o'clock, as we begin to pray as a family, as we begin to pray in the house, as we begin to pray over the matter, we burn that demon in the name of Jesus. Father, we bind that demon. We bind that demon. We bind that demon. We bind that demon. Abashikadakaya. The Bible said that God has given us authority to trample upon serpents. To trample upon serpents. To trample upon serpents means to match serpents. I wanted to know which place am I going to match on a serpent. Because God said I would trample upon serpents. I wanted to know where am I going to match. And God said to me, go to Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, the Bible said the sun shall bruise the head of the serpents. And I discovered that when you bruise the head of the serpents, the tail will still be mingling. And God said to me, yes, the devil will still act like he has the power. But the mouth that he used in biting has been demolished. Lord, as they are going to pray, it doesn't matter what they see when they pray. The devil's mouth is demolished. The devil's mouth is demolished. The devil's mouth is demolished. Lord, we bind demons. We bind demons. We bind demons. Wave your hands to Jesus wherever you are. Wave your hands.